Today's scripture is Luke 2, verses 1 through 20. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth, peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Thank you so much, Stephanie. How are you, Ebenezer Church? Merry Christmas. Now, this is my Sunday routine, but I'm going to invite it into today. So will you join me in giving a big, great, grand thank you to God for what God is doing today? Come on, Ebenezer Church. Come on. Amen, amen. We are here to celebrate and to remember Jesus' birth. One of, for me, the most important days of the year, and perhaps one of the days that changed the entire world. You know, I have this deeply held belief that God specializes in reaching and moving in and through people who are considered to be the most unusable or the most unreachable people. That's quite true in our world, and it's quite true in this story, in this unit of scripture that we've heard today. We even see it represented in scripture. It's true. Throughout scripture, God chose to use kings and prophets and even shepherds and social outcasts to have God's purpose and will to be fulfilled in the world. In this story, we see that the most. We see, we see people who are the lowliest and the outcast, no matter who they were being used to carry out God's divine purpose in the world. And oftentimes when we hear these stories, it's those moments where we sit back and we say, hmm, God is doing something great. What a joy. What a blessing to sit back and fold our arms and say, isn't that neat? 
Mary, she should have followed what God was saying. And Joseph, he just should have been obedient. I'm so glad they did. What a good work for them. Forgetting that what God was doing through Mary and Joseph and then through the angels and the shepherds was an extraordinary act of God's divine purpose being lived out and being brought to the world. The birth of the Savior of the world came down and through this unconventional couple who weren't really looking to have their lives be escalated as fast as it did. In the story of Mary and Joseph and the angels and the shepherds, God was doing something profound. God was helping humanity to realize its constant need for God, to help God, to help us see how much we need God in our world, God's love in our lives, and in the lives of people who don't yet know that they need God. That God's purpose was to warm our hearts and to renew our minds and transform our lives. And then to send light into our dark world, illuminating a path for us so that each and every one of us never have to live in darkness or among or around darkness ever again. You see, that is what God was up to in the Christmas story, and that's what God is up to now. As God was up to this work of renewing and of, call, uh, and of calling Mary and Joseph, he was doing something extraordinary, but in, an, but in an ordinary way. You see, Mary finds herself expecting, but not by conventional or ordinary human means. Joseph is a doubtful guy at first when he hears this news about Mary expecting this child. But then God decides, God decides to act on Joseph, to visit him in a dream and to give him this call to take Mary, but then to also trust what he is doing through Mary and in the world. And then together they act with uncertain obedience to trust in God because what God was doing in the world and what God was doing with and in them was greater than how it happened. It was much bigger than that. God was bringing the light into the world and God was getting ready to forgive sins, was getting ready to change the world forever, getting ready to restore Mary, Joseph, and the entire Israel nation, and even looking to restore generations that will come after them. He was looking to renew the world, to bring light to the world, and finally, light has come. And then we see God moving through the angels in this story. I like to say that those are the, the, the people or the characters that God typically uses, right? When you think of how God moves in the world, you think of some angels. That God uses something or someone in a miraculous way to bring God's message to the world. And then God does. God uses these angels or one angel who we perhaps think is Gabriel to bring this message of good news. And then to tell them how to identify the good news that has come to the world. The new baby, Jesus, that is born in a lowly manger, an unlikely couple, in an unlikely place like a manger. These divine beings had two purposes. To make the announcement about the light of the world, but then to also provide a sign for how the shepherds may find the light of the world. But then throughout humanity even reminds us that we too can find the light of the world. So the angels, they make the announcement that the people's prayers, Israel's prayers are finally answered and that God is committed and faithful to what God seeks to do in the world by sending help to humanity. That Israel's suffering is officially over, both in a physical sense and a spiritual sense. 
And that God is bringing them out of captivity from Roman servitude and is going to elevate their identity as the light of the world is coming. It's going to elevate their place in society. It's going to elevate all that there is about their humanity. Give them a new name, a new creation. That is the purpose for which Christ, the light of the world, has come to the world, to the earth. And the angels has the opportunity to deliver that message. They serve a special purpose because they show up at a very pivotal time for Mary and Joseph, but then to those who are considered outcasts in the world, the shepherds. They visit the shepherds and includes them in God's plan as well. You see, the shepherds, they probably weren't included in the Jewish tradition, in the faith tradition. But God allowing the angels to be to, to reveal this message of new hope and good news to the shepherds shows that God is not only including the people of Israel, but is calling more and more people to God's self. That's the message that the angels brought as they're proclaiming the light of the world has finally come. And here's how you will identify him. He'll be wrapped in swaddling cloth. He'll be lying in a major and being born to this unconventional, unlikely couple, Mary and Joseph. Again, they weren't looking to have their lives escalated this quickly. But God is at work. They're bringing the light of the world into the world. And now the angels have the opportunity to give witness to the light of the world. But not only that, but to help point people to the light of the world by giving them a sign. When they give the shepherd, when the angels give, when the angels give the shepherds this sign of how to identify the light of the world, they begin to rejoice. They say, glory to God in the highest. Glory to God. You know, I wondered why they rejoiced. If you ask me, I would say they rejoice because God's purpose is being fulfilled in the world. That peace has finally come to our earth. That God did what God said that God would do. That God can be trusted. That God is faithful. That we can trust God. We can hear God. And see God's purpose fulfilled in the world. They sing a song and they praise because God's outcome of having a better way to be in relationship with God is now come. And that can all be possible when we're pointed to Jesus. So they point to Jesus by giving them a sign, the shepherds a sign. And that's good news, that the angels have pointed us to Jesus and they've told us the purpose for which Jesus has come to this world. And now we are recipients of that love. We're recipients of that grace. Amen? Amen. Will you pray with me? God, we are so grateful that your light has come to this world. And God, you use unlikely candidates and people and then, God, even candidates who sometimes we may expect to let us know that you are at work in the world and that you are not done yet. Thank you for your light that drives out darkness. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I want to remind you to, or invite you rather, to look back at how things all got started in this Christmas story. The angels have been very busy First they visited Mary, then they visited Joseph. Now they've come to see shepherds. While they were minding their business, literally minding their actual business, taking care of sheep on a hillside on a cold, dark night, shepherds got a spectacular 
spectacular invitation. Shepherds did not normally get invitations. Shepherds were not normally on anyone's A-list in that culture. They were dirty. They lived and sat and ate and slept on actual dirt. And taking care of sheep is messy business. They were looked down upon, suffered much. They were poor. They were vulnerable. They weren't part of the faith tradition. They weren't the kind of people who got included in anyone's invitation. But in the middle of their everyday work and fields, God included them with this big angelic invitation. And not one angel, more angels than anyone could count complete with a dazzling light show and singing the whole works, all of this, to include some shepherds so they would get a front row seat to how God was changing the world and changing how we would know and understand God forever. Good news, the angel said of great joy for all the people. The choice of guests that night was pretty interesting. The shepherds accepted that invitation and went to see the baby. And when they got there, they were the only ones who had been invited, it seems. The holy infants honored guests were shepherds, the only ones, the story says, that night. And it so impacted them to be present and experience Christ in that way that they came out and told everyone else they knew about it, likely other outcasts and shepherds who were now praising God that they too were included. The choice of guests that night, as we said, was pretty interesting. It says a lot. Jesus' humble, vulnerable beginning set the scene for how he will conduct his ministry. The very son of God will continue to focus on the outcast, the least, the last, the lost, the lepers, the Samaritans, the widows, the poor, the vulnerable. Jesus will grow up to feed those who are hungry, to give water to those who are thirsty, to heal the sick, And eat side by side with sinners. Starting with shepherds shows us God's don't want to leave anyone out kind of love. Jesus continues to invite those who don't get invitations. Jesus continues to include those who don't feel included. And someone told me recently that this is his biggest takeaway when it comes to Jesus' birth. He said, look at how it all got started. If angels invite shepherds, that means no one is left out. Jesus comes for everybody. That includes me and that includes you. And that is good news. That God's invitation leaves out no one because maybe you know what it feels like to be left out or left behind, or feel like you're not worthy, or feel like you're not someone who gets invitations. 
that they rarely come your way. Well, know that you too, whatever is going on in your life, are invited. You are invited to the manger because Jesus comes for every body. And God shows up with us where we are as we are. Maybe not with so many angels these days or quite the dazzling light show and singing. But God shows up in a neighbor and a friend, perhaps someone from this church. God shows up where we work, where we live, where we go to school, in our neighborhoods. God shows up when we're out there minding our business. God comes in grace and love. It's funny, uh, pastors feel a lot of pressure to say something new on Christmas Eve. And it dawned on me this week that pastors have been preaching about Christ's birth for over 2,000 years. I doubt there's much new to say. It kind of takes the pressure off. (laughs) So I thought, why not today, instead of saying something new, that we say something that's very, very old. And we say what the angels said, that unto you, unto you, unto you, unto you, unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. And here is your spectacular invitation to be part of it here, now, forever. Because Jesus comes for everybody. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. And amen.